What's up? I'm so excited to welcome you to our very first episode of Birthday C. Today we're going to be talking to the very talented Karen Rai, also known as Kay Ray, to her many thousands of followers on YouTube and Instagram. Kay Ray is a model, an actor, a filmmaker, a comedian, basically everything. And today we're going to get to talk to her kind of about her journey to becoming an artist and what she has to say to those who are trying to become artists. Hey, Kay Ray, what's up? Hi, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be a part of this and um, always makes me feel happy to see young folks like you, you know, taking this route of the arts and journalism and media. Aw, thanks. (laughs) Well, let's just dive right into it. So, you're a model, a brand ambassador, actor, filmmaker, podcaster, and vlogger with experiences in all these different creative fields. How would you label yourself? I think first and foremost, I would consider myself an actor and creative director. I think that helps put everything else into place and makes more sense of all the different creative fields I get to um, be a part of. I, I definitely feel like as an actor, you can't just be that. You have to delve into other mediums as well to keep yourself sane. <laughs> and um, and uh, I've been so blessed to be able to be surrounded by so many different creatives and be able to pursue all these different avenues. How much of your work is inspired by your Indian or Punjabi heritage or how much does that heritage play a factor in your work? I mean, uh, it's who I am. <laughs> so I think it makes a huge difference. I mean, it's coming from that narrative anyways of being a diasporic Punjabi woman, South Asian woman. I think it, it makes it makes that narrative come to life with that whatever lens it is that I'm trying to come and pursue. Um, so I mean, some things are obviously a lot more in your face about it, but some things are more subtle, and uh, I don't think it's necessary to continuously tell everybody that I am. You can just see I am, <laughs> but I think it's uh, it is the influence behind all of my work and my work is basically based on that lens and that perspective of being a diasporic South Asian woman. Mm -hmm. So you've said in the past that South Asians are often conditioned to seek validation from others. So in your kind of different and unique journey, how have you been able to get past that? What will people think mindset? I think I've been blessed to like find like-minded folks that want to create a change and create the narrative in a way that helps all of us and like, you know, document their stories and be able to do it in a way that is authentic and is told by us, not somebody else. So I think for me, uh, the whole, like, what will people say? I think I've always been a little bit of a rebel in that sense because even for my own family, um, you know, with a traditional mindset, uh, it, it it was, it was something I had to like always kind of fight through and, and get them to understand and then get, you know, the people around me to understand, my friends to understand, um, because it wasn't normal to see that. And this is like, I'm talking like 10 years back, right? So I think, uh, now it's a lot more easier, I have to say, for young folks to pursue the arts, but it wasn't, um, necessarily the case a long time ago, uh, with it, even five years ago. Um, I think, uh, social media has really changed the way we see the arts and seeing South Asian in the arts. And, 
um, it's kind of been great since then. I, I mean, you're always going to have that fear of like, what will people say just because it's in our conditioning with like how our parents were raised and whatnot, but, um, making them understand that, you know, we are in control of our own stories. Like it doesn't matter how other people feel about that. That's on them. Yeah. You mentioned your parents. Have they always been supportive of your decisions to be an artist? Um, I, my mom has always been very supportive. Uh, she's always saw the drive in me, I guess. Of course, like, you know, your parents are always, uh, stressed about your financial security. And to be honest, like the arts don't always guarantee that, but I think that, um, they've been very supportive in that sense. And my dad, uh, you know, initially it was difficult for him. Um, his concern was obviously financial security. And, uh, when I started showing him the, my like, you know, capability of being able to pursue this as a full-time career, I think he really came around. My dad, especially, um, has come to understanding more and been more open to it and, um, open to learning more as well. What other obstacles have you faced along this journey or what challenges are you still facing? Obviously, the first thing is always getting your family to understand what you're doing. And uh, even though sometimes they still don't really understand, it's just cool to, you know, bring them on that journey and get them to learn stuff that they've never known before. Um, I think also for me was, I guess, like being South Asian and in Toronto and trying to, get folks to understand because you know I, I am very community based and a lot of my um, you know work is based on that and I think that to try to break through in a very white male dominated industry it can be very difficult uh, so I think that has been my biggest challenge uh, you know just trying to get our narrative you know heard and, and being able to breakthrough. Uh, it's taken a long time, but I think uh, we're kind of getting there now. And uh, there's obviously more work to do, but those are probably the challenges I've faced. Uh, you know, I really had to learn to do a lot of things on my own. And that's probably why I wear so many different creative hats is because literally I had to learn to do all of the things I've done on my own in order for me to build a team that understands my vision. Despite all these challenges and hardships that you guys have had to face, um, your YouTube videos have hundreds of thousands of views. You have thousands of fans around the world. How have you managed to build this empire brand and how long has it taken you to get here? I feel like I've been, again, blessed that like over the years I've been able to connect with different artists, especially women that are artists who pursue their career in arts from, you know, fashion to poetry to um, singing and music. And I think, you know, being around that and being able to, like, be inspired by that has helped as well. Like, we really, you know, when it came to, like, for example, making my first short film, Kirpa, it was very community. It was very raw and organic. It brought all these different artists together. And um, I guess for me, it's like seeing the vision of our people being, you know, rising together. I feel it's important to build one another up so often, even in this day and age, we are so used to call out culture and like bringing people down and 
um, you know, not really seeing people for what they are, like what they're capable of and their potential. I think we constantly are like bringing one another down and, and I've, I've never really been surrounded by that in my close circle. I've been very blessed in the sense that we really do see each other, you know, for who we are and, and be able to support one another. So I feel like that's why I've been able to build this, um, I guess community and, and brands to be able to to like showcase all these different stories and hopefully I get to do more. Um, but it's been so nice so far to be surrounded by that. Yeah, I mean, how long has this taken you to to work at this to be recognized by the world? <laughs> um, yeah, people don't realize it's like ten years in the making. Um, I started modeling when I was 19, which is 10 years ago now. <laughs> and, uh, I would say when I started doing YouTube, I think like when I started releasing my work on YouTube, which was in 2014, that was probably like when I started getting a lot more, um, recognition globally. And it's been, again, such a blessing because I've been able to travel and show my work in different cities and get to meet so many of, you know, my supporters and be able to just build a community out of that. That's amazing. Among other things, you're recognized for your comedy and humor. How important is it for you to include this funny side in your work? It's so funny because I never realized I was funny. <laughs> um, but my friends would always say it and I just like, I guess I just, uh, never really took it seriously. I mean, it's important, I think, as an actor to, you know, go in those different, uh, different characters and different types of genres. Um, obviously drama is really important and, uh, and, and telling, you know, more like, stories that are, are real and that affect us is important for me, but I also think it's important to, like, have the comedic side and make people feel good, and um, you know, it's almost like an escapism, and I think, for me, I watch a lot of, like, rom-coms and um, comedic shows and stuff, and I think it's important for people to kind of use that as an escape. Uh, that's why they exist, and I hope to pay more. I think that uh, I really started exploring my comedy and my writing um, after Anarchly, I would say, like, we started creating a lot more skits. Speaking of Anarchly, um, when is it coming back? <laughs> um, that is a conversation with the producer. I think right now, like, we've been exploring different themes of how we want the show to continue and, uh, and also making sure that we get the funding that we deserve. <laughs> to create more content and um that's really what it is i think a lot of people don't know the amount of time and energy that goes into it and uh and funding is one of those things and um so that's where we're at right now and hopefully we secure some good funding to make some more content so speaking about anarchically again your character kind of breaks the rules or challenges the norms and you kind of do that in your everyday life anyways were you ever hesitant to kind of break those boundaries of course. I think um as off as confident I may seem all the time, it's obviously difficult to be that first person in your house or in your family 
um, to do it. And I think that that's always something that I have to constantly think about. Um, you know, I've been more comfortable with my body, with like, um, my voice and being able to do things the way I do them. And it wasn't always like that. I was very shy growing up. And I think, uh, now being able to pursue this and being able to shine the way I've been able to and accepting it. Like, I think I've been dimming my light for a long time just to make others comfortable. And I, I think most brown women do that. And it's unfortunate. And I think want, I want more women to feel that they have that, um, capability to, you know, break free and be an individual and not be so associated with, um, you know, whether if they're married or if they're with their partner or, um, with their family. I think we often kind of do that. We don't really have our own identity and, and own it. So I think that's something I really wanted to do. Um, and it's not easy. (laughs) Um, and, and, and a lot of, um, men in the community don't really like that either. (laughs) And I know it bothers them. Um, not all of them. There's there's a particular group of men that don't really enjoy seeing empowered women. And I think, uh, or anyone that's really empowered, really, um, it's something that I think the show has allowed me to do and um, I feel like I'm more able to like not hide behind these characters anymore and be like no this is how Kitten is this is how Kerry is and I think that's been kind of cool for students or young people or old people even who think they can't challenge the norms but they have a passion for something what advice would you give them man I say this all the time but like our life again is our existence is so temporary and it's, it would be a shame for us to not fulfill our purpose. I think it's important for us that like we realize that we have so much potential to um, be our best versions of ourselves. And a lot of people kind of just settle for what they are given without realizing they have the power and control to change their own lives. You know, you might be dealing with so many different people and so many different things, but I think once we start realizing that self-love is really above all else, um, I think the world would be a better place then. <laughs> totally. That's some good advice. And you've kind of used your influence to communicate these messages of encouragement before, and you've even used it to tackle important issues in your work like mental health and sexual harassment. And so why is it so important for you to have a voice in these discussions? Uh, I think it's almost, I feel like it's my responsibility sometimes. I know that's like a very heavy thing to put on myself, but I feel like it's a responsibility as a filmmaker, as a creative director, as an actor, to be able to um, share this and tell the stories, tell these stories without sounding like a protest. I think a lot of people uh, need to create more art and things that, you know, could really, really make a difference rather than just kind of protesting not that protesting is bad but like more so like in a way that's uh productive and getting to people to really see eye to eye instead of um you know creating more fire and you've mentioned that like some people some like people of maybe our generation have been really responsive to this kind of work because it's kind of what they experience in their day-to-day lives in general, how do you think the Daisy community has kind of responded to your work, and are there a lot of critics? I feel like it's been very supportive. I've never really received 
again, it's more so it would be like the only time I would receive criticism would be from men in the community that might be uncomfortable with what I release or post or whatever. And uh, I think that's really where I receive any criticism. Otherwise, I don't, I don't, unless I'm not aware of it. <laughs> um, I don't really see that. I feel like I've, I've received so much support and love. And, um, and that's because these stories are very real for people and the things that I do release whether it be comedic, whether it be um, more drama, I think people relate to it because it's their story. What motivates you to keep pushing and keep going? Of course, it's exhausting sometimes. It's, um, it can be taxing on your mind and your body, but I think for me, it's always been like, well, what else would I want? What else would I want to be doing? And I think this is like it. Like I've been able to be my own boss for such a long time and be able to create the things that I do with the most amazing people. And I think um, I'm ready to continue that and make more things happen and just honestly open up doors for young folks that want to create things and want to like to see the arts as well and make it easier for them. Yeah, and that's definitely a common thing I've been hearing, actually, that a lot of South Asian artists kind of want to open the doors for future generations so that we can kind of grow this community of artists. And it's not so unusual anymore. But as we wrap up, I just have a final question. So for Desi, as we define it in this podcast, is someone that is separating from the status quo, someone that's doing something unique or unusual. And um, so I just want to ask, would you label yourself as per Desi with our definition? Yeah, uh, definitely. I would. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm really excited about having you on as our very first guest. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Be sure to catch our next episode of Bardesi and follow us on Instagram at Bardesi Podcast for more updates and more content.